On today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, it's another edition of Winans Wednesday. We bring in Jacob Winans, my fellow colleague from PantherParkway.com, and we talk about the signing of Pateri Lindbaum, a trade piece for the Florida Panthers that's not named Owen Tippett. And in the final segment, we talk about the state of the Atlantic Division now with the Florida Panthers' three-game losing streak, all on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MonoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. You can also follow the national show Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. And thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, it's another edition of Winans Wednesday here on Locked On Panthers. And no YouTube uh, for today's episode of Locked On Panthers due to a little bit of technical difficulties with the streaming. But hey, we got an audio version of the show and thankful to bring in back, bring back in uh, Jacob Winans, my fellow colleague. Jacob, how are you, man? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Happy to be back on. Yeah, man. Thank, of course. Thank you as always for coming on. But we have, despite all these uh, four days off for the Florida Panthers, it's it's been crazy to see how the Florida Panthers continue to be a little active when it comes to signing players and bringing in players uh, into their system, regardless of whether where they fit in whether it's on the NHL level or the AHL level and right right just a few days ago um the Florida Panthers uh they signed uh left defenseman Pateri Limbaum um to a one year deal uh according to Puckpedia it was it's it's worth uh 750k he had to go through waivers and he did eventually clear waivers and looks like he's going to be sent to AHL Charlotte um that move was made due to the Russian invasion of the Ukraine and him coming over mid-season as well. That's why he had to go through waivers. So what are your thoughts on uh, this signing for the Panthers, man? Yeah, so um, anyone who who may have watched the Olympics, um, he was on the gold medal winning team for Finland. Uh, he's got experience playing internationally with some of our, our current Finns, and uh, everyone knows that the Panthers love to collect Finnish players. Uh, I've seen on Twitter people calling them the, the Finnish mafia. So um, <laughs> we like that. He, he's familiar with uh, Barkov, uh, Listerainen, Lundell, uh, Ulevi. So I like how he fits. Um, but the big thing here is he is 6'3", 210 pounds, and he is a physical shutdown blue liner. Um, and it's no easy feat to win a gold medal in the Olympics. Uh, he was a game changer for Finland. And um, I, I don't think his stay in the AHL is going to be long. I think he's going to get a, a realistic shot at cracking the NHL roster down the stretch. And, um, yeah, we'll see what we have here uh, in, in Lindbaum. It, it, 
at the, at the very least should be pretty decent depth to have on that left side. Mm. Still, you have a little bit of experience on your side, took a little bit of time to go overseas and to kind of develop his game a little better. And you said it best, winning an Olympic gold medal is no easy feat for anyone. So bringing that experience back, regardless of whether NHL players are there or not, it gives the Panthers a possible opportunity to learn a little bit from him and maybe play a few games on that third defensive pairing. Yeah, I agree. Um, we've seen the Olympics uh, in, in recent years with no NHL players. It has given an opportunity for guys who aren't in the league right now to, to showcase what they can do. Uh, the Panthers and reportedly a handful of other teams liked what they saw in Limbaugh. Um So, yeah, it's a good opportunity for him. Uh, the Olympics, a medal round in the Olympics, the knockout stages, it's that you can't really replicate that that kind of intensity, the pressure. It's it's one loss and it's over. So he's really coming over with several game seven experiences, having played in the Olympics where you're playing for country and one loss ends your Olympics. So um, I like that he was able to, to handle that kind of pressure. And um, one other thing I want to touch on real quick with his game uh, like we said, he's a shutdown blue liner, um, physical, defensive minded. And he he was doing that on the larger European ice. So coming to North America, again, smaller rink, uh, less space for the offense. I think it, it lends itself to uh, an even better game for him having less space to cover because he was a shutdowner on a large rink. Uh, it only gets easier as a shutdowner on a smaller one. And with the smaller rink as well, you're not putting as much mileage when you're skating around as well. So exactly. Covering as much uh, area uh, on the rink. Right. But with, and of course, like we talked about pre-recording, the elephant in the room when it comes to the signing is everything that's been going on across the world in um, Russia and the Ukraine. Um, the IIHF reacted after the fact with what FIFA did. Uh, and I don't pretend to be a huge soccer follower by any any stretch of the imagination, but I saw that they took action outside of FIFA. And just maybe we just don't know the question, excuse me, the answer to what I'm about to ask you. But why why is it that the IIHF and the NHL are always late to responding to certain things? I mean, let's go back to COVID-19 when it first hit. The NHL was the very last league to react to shutting down its league. And the double IHF in this situation was last to react to pulling stuff out of Russia when it comes to like the world juniors and participation. Why do you think that is? Um, You know, it's a good point. And it's something that's been talked about um, repeatedly. Anytime there's a, a, a crisis on a global scale or civil unrest. You, you mentioned the COVID uh, pandemic and the NHL reacted last. And then the civil unrest that, that took place following uh, the George Floyd, um, the, the George Floyd uprise and the NHL didn't really act on that until the hockey diversity Alliance got together and we're like, we're not playing. So I don't know. It's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to, to, to have an answer for since we're not in the NHL we don't know what their decision making process is but um I just the hockey world has to has to get better at reacting and and making a statement instead of just following along um 
I feel like it's good for the game if you if you stand for something and um it it just doesn't feel like they like they stand for for the right things here and there when they're when they're following along a little bit so um in this case I, I understand there's definitely a lot of Russian talent in the NHL so it can be a touchy uh, situation for them same for the IIHF but um, they ended up doing the right thing. I just like to see them react a little bit earlier. Um, the right decision was made, and um, I guess we have to respect that. But uh, the time timing does matter, and I think an earlier response would go a long way. Absolutely, and I think it just. I also think of like the roots of hockey culture as well. When it comes to the basic things about it, is come to the rink, do your job, mind your business. Um, team first and all that stuff. So I think that's kind of like something that's kind of like ingrained, not only for the players playing, but the people who are running the businesses of the IIHF and NHL, wouldn't you say? Yeah, um, definitely. One of the things that makes hockey so great is the willingness to play through anything um, in regards to injuries or whatever the circumstance may be. Players are willing to put anything on the line to win. Um, and that's what makes hockey so great. But at the same time, it can be a negative when uh, you take that play through anything mentality to things that that go beyond the rink. Um, you, they have to find that that fine line and, and make sure they're on the right side of it. Uh, you can't carry that play through anything mentality beyond um, just the willingness of players. Yeah, man, for, for sure. And hopefully we could see some type of uh, positive change that Things will be uh, reacted to earlier, especially with uh, these uh, kind of issues um, going on on, like you said, a uh, global scale. But we're going to take a little bit of a break from the show and we're going to tell you all about Built Bar. And this is the time of year where I've given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are our first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, marshmallow eat. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Puffs including 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bar with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere between two to three hundred calories. Compare that to a candy bar, which is around two hundred forty calories, thirty grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they're all about taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get fifteen percent off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for fifteen percent off at Built. Com. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your next listen of the day, make sure to listen to the Lockdown Now podcast, which is local experts breaking down games from the night before. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. On the second segment of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast on this Winans Wednesday of the show, we're going to talk a little bit about a possible trade piece for the Panthers that does not involve Owen Tippett. This is a Owen Tippett has kind of been a player that a lot of us, and I admit myself that I've beaten a little bit of the dead horse about because 
it seems right now that it can be a little bit of a foregone conclusion that he could be gone. But hey, who knows? Maybe he stays. But another player that was just recently mentioned on the athletic hockey show, I think it was Corey Pronman, who was a, a, a prospect analyst um, for the NHL and lower levels. He studies this like <laughs> more than more than I could ever imagine studying prospects. He, he does a great job. And he mentioned a trade piece for the Panthers when I was listening in. And he mentioned Grigory Denisenko for, for the Cats. Um, Grigory Denisenko is playing a middle six role for the Charlotte Checkers. 18 points, nine goals, nine assists, a plus minus of minus six. The few times, which is a very small sample size since last year for Grigory Denisenko, we see that big body ru- Russian forward that is not afraid to hit guys, which is what I like in his game. But as far as the little bits and pieces that we saw there and in the AHL, it just doesn't seem to right now translate for Denisenko. What what do you think is the future of uh, Denisenko in a Florida Panthers sweater? Yeah, so he's always been a, a hot and cold prospect. Uh, there, there have been times where he's completely dominated people his age. Uh, you think of World Juniors where he um, led Russia. I want to say he got them to it. I want to say he got them a gold medal. Uh, maybe he ended up with a silver at World Juniors, but it was the final round. And um, he, he led the tournament in points that year and actually tied with Alexei Heponiemi for the tournament lead in points that season. Uh, and, and we were very high on him then. The, the issue with his game is that it hasn't always translated into, into the stats as far as goals and assists and points. Um, the, the skill is there. The speed is there. The effort is 100% there, but it has not always translated um, onto the score sheet, which is what you need to see uh, from a player with his, with his draft pedigree. Um, so that's a concern uh, as far as his age now, and he has been injured and out of the lineup uh, for a while now with, with Charlotte. Um, he hasn't played in, in some time. Um, but yeah, I think he's a, a viable trade piece. Uh, Bleacher Report also mentioned him as a, as a trade target, and he's still highly regarded as a prospect. Uh, just because if he weren't on the Panthers, he would probably be on an NHL roster right now. Um, That's a fair and point. I also like, yeah, and I'd also like to point out that um, it's kind of funny, but he actually is currently on a three-game NHL point streak um, dating back to the end of last year, he he was on an assist streak before the season came to an end, and uh, he didn't he didn't get in the lineup during the playoffs. So he can play at the NHL level. Um, it's just about uh, consistency offensively, um, getting his game to translate. Um, but will whether or not that'll be in a Panthers uniform? Um, if you ask me right now, I think he's more likely to be traded than to crack the Panthers lineup. It's crazy how the draft that draft class is same draft class. Sir Noel was in that in that same one in the second round. Logan Hutsko was in that same one. And Logan Hutsko, he's had such a great first year in AHL Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I think he's I, I I don't have it right in front of me, but but I think he's second of Panthers prospects and points right behind Cole Schwitt. Or or Cole Schwitt is second one, but they're top two in in right. in what what's going on down in Charlotte. And I just hope I just hope for you can't teach size. And Grigor Denisenko definitely has size. And it, he kind of a little bit reminds you of like a younger version of Mason Marchment as well, wouldn't you say? Yeah, um, he's the physicality in his game is definitely there. Um, he's he's so fast and he, he 
throws himself around. Uh, doesn't quite have the the reach that you see in Marchment, but the the style is definitely there. He's he's tenacious and gritty, and he's willing to get to the dirty areas. So that lends itself to when he does crack the NHL full time. Uh, until his offense really translates to that top six level, he has the style of play where he can thrive in a bottom six role until he gets to that that point where he's consistent offensively. Um, and you think of some guys who've made the NHL like that. You think Brad Marchand, who with Boston was just a grinder before his offense really came along. And there's, there's plenty of examples like that. So um, the future is definitely there. I just don't know if it'll be here. Um, his His career window may not match up with the Panthers contending window. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes that happens where uh, certain players become late bloomers in their yeah. uh, career. I mean, one example of a player that he's having the best season of his career and they stuck with him this whole time. And look what there's the New York Rangers are really starting to see the fruits of his labor. And he's right now in the race for the Rocket Richard uh, for for most goals. I, I think right now Austin Matthews uh, leads leads the charge uh, for the Rocket Richard. Uh, but but still very much in in that race but i want to talk about a guy that you mentioned in our chat today a possible trade that the florida panthers could make because of this one veteran player that could be on the market is zidane char you 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 spoke about him and you asked the question about zidane char and you asked should the panthers trade for Zane Ochara. And I said, if you give me a, if it's for a late round pick, maybe. But then I start to think about it more and more and more. And with the Panthers contending window, if it's a four that that the Islanders want, it'd be hard for me to say no for a veteran presence in that locker room. Like what, what, if, if the, what, First of all, would you would you would you consider it, and what would you be willing to give up if it's something for a veteran presence like that? Yeah, so there's a couple of reasons why I posed that question. Um, it came out today that the Ducks are are thinking of extending uh, Hampus Lindholm, who was kind of the my ideal trade target this year uh, as a left side defenseman. Um, it's no secret that we need a physical presence back there. Um, Lindbaum is being brought in to try to help in that regard. Um, but if you want something proven, um, the market is going to have Giordano, Sherratt, um, some guys like that. The asking price may be high. Um, Zidane Chara is a guy who's on a league minimum contract right now. Um, contenders will want to add him for cheap. He has unmatched playoff experience. He's won a Stanley Cup. Uh, and you're going to be have a hard time finding a more physical presence than a 6'9", 250 pounds of Dano Chara. So um, if the ask is a late round pick, I think it's something that, that you absolutely have to jump at. Um, I think he'd welcome the chance to come play here and try to win another cup before he retires. Uh, he and Joe Thornton would probably get along as the two oldest players in the league. Um, they've had some battles here and there in their careers, plenty of them. And uh, I would I would definitely consider it. Um, it's not a name we've heard the Panthers linked to a lot, except over the offseason where there were there were talks that he was considering signing here. Um, I would really consider it as a as a cheap addition. Um, I don't think he can be the only defenseman we add at the deadline, but um, I think he is definitely one that I would bring in 
just because when the playoffs roll around, he's a guy that that you can trust on the ice. Mm. And I've seen some of the highlight goals that Mark Giordano has uh, scored lately, including one shorthanded. I don't know if you saw that one. But if you're Seattle and you name this guy the first captain in your franchise history, doesn't that mean something? And doesn't wouldn't you want that guy to stay around in your franchise? I'm trying to take the Florida Panthers lenses off for a little bit. And I have a hard time. I'm I'm starting to think about it more and I'm starting to have a hard time believing that Seattle will tr- eventually trade Mark Giordano. Yeah, I think it's going to come down a lot to whether Gio wants out or not. Um, at his age, he's 38 years old. He may want to go to a contender um, unless they can pay him a, a, a large extension to stay. But I, I did find it surprising when they named him captain. I thought they would do what Vegas did and just go with three alternates for the entire year, uh, given that the likelihood is that a lot of the veterans they they start the season with won't be there. Uh, the formula for expansion teams is to trade veterans at the deadline. That's kind of what you do. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it is a little bit weird that he was named captain and then maybe traded in his first season. Um, but if the opportunity is there for the Panthers to get someone like Gio, um, you definitely have to jump at it. Um, but, but yeah, from a Seattle perspective, it, it is a really strange situation to name a captain and then trade him um, at the first deadline that he's there with your team. I find that odd. Yeah, and, and it the C the C in hockey means so much. I I, I learned I learned that yeah. more and more more and more when the Panthers went a little bit without naming a captain and seeing Barkov having that C and now seeing the play on the ice of how much that C on your jersey actually means. I mean, I mean football. You just have many many players have the C's on their jerseys. Um, Baseball doesn't have you just say the name of who's the captain, but you in hockey you actually have that stitched on your jersey and people see it from far away if you're at the game or even if the camera's not zoomed in all the way. That means so much to teams. And just it, it's just a little weird for, for, for me if if from that end if they were to to eventually uh do that. But we're going to transition from some trade talk to talking about the state of the Atlantic division because a few things have have happened since the Florida Panthers have gone on their mini, not mini, but three-game losing streak um, here. So we're going to talk about the state of the division on the next segment here on Locked On Panthers. Continuing this conversation on this Wednesday, March 2nd edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I have Jake Winans here to talk a little bit more about the state of the division for the Atlantic. So, Jacob, this uh, it's on now, really, for the division. The Florida Panthers at one point had a very comfortable lead. They start off hot with this three-game winning streak on the road, winning in two very tough places of Carolina and Minnesota, especially, but this three-game home skit has now now the Panthers are looking up in the standings, and now the Tampa Bay Lightning have surpassed the Florida Panthers in not only points percentage but in actual points. Right now, they defeat the Ottawa Senators uh, at home by a final score of five to two in Emily Arena. Um, 
So right now the Florida Panthers are now in that 2-3 uh, part of the standing, something that we've talked about all season of the, the Florida Panthers. It's in their best interest to avoid that. And also with the Panthers, if they want to rematch against the Lightning, they want to have that home ice. So where are you at right now as far as the state of the division for the Atlantic? Yeah, I think we knew from the very beginning of the season this division was going to be a war. Um, the Panthers and Lightning, it seemed certain they would lead the pack, the two of them, after the, the meeting they had in the postseason last year, and that's pro- that's proven true. Um, it's a scary division to play in, uh, honestly. There, there's so much offensive firepower. There's so much playoff experience. Um, Toronto is a very hungry team after so many first-round exits. They're going for broke this year. Um, not a team I really, I, I, despite their first round woes, that is not a team I really want to see in the first round, uh, to be quite honest. Um, I know it was Detroit the other night, but they put up a touchdown and a field goal on the Red Wings and <laughs> scored 10 goals. Our defense is not necessarily equipped to handle that right now. So, um, And we, we also have not played them yet this season, so we don't particularly know how we match up with them yet. Um, we haven't played them in the last... Uh, two seasons if you really think about it so it's it's been uh it's kind of been a a bit of a wild ride I feel like the division we were just kind of waiting for one team to stumble and and see where the dominoes fall and the Panthers kind of had that little bit of a stumble now and the Lightning were quick to capitalize on it so um it's going to be a a wild race to the finish but getting that number one seed gives you a huge advantage because I think we match up with Boston and can handle Boston um given their age and some of their, their holes uh, offensively and maybe in net as well. Um, I think we can, I think we can maybe handle Boston's veteran lineup better than we can handle the firepower of Tampa or Toronto. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that's quietly going under the radar is the season that uh, Jeremy Swayman is having a rookie goaltender for the, yeah. for the Boston Bruins. He's having a pretty, pretty good season uh, for Boston and, but still, I, I do think overall as a roster, the Florida Panthers can handle what the Bruins can uh, throw at them. But here's what Tampa Bay's has looked like since the All-Star break, since coming out. They lose their first game against Colorado, a very close game, to, right to the finish. Then win five straight at Arizona, at New Jersey, home against Edmonton, home against, Na- um, excuse me, the stadium series against Nashville. And then tonight, again, excuse me, last night, because this episode's dropping on a Wednesday against Ottawa. So, and then back-to-back starting uh, Thursday versus Pittsburgh and Detroit. One play, one team in playoffs, the other team not. The Pan- the Panthers, with only one matchup left against the Tampa Bay Lightning, which won't be until April 24th. And that's the last week of the season. How we saw last year in those final two games, John Cooper decided to rest his uh, players um, right before right before the start of their playoff series, pretty much giving the Panthers the home ice. Like they said, take it. What are the chances that we see it happen again where Andrew Burnett and John Cooper both kind of don't put the put the f- foot on the gas completely and just rest the rest the starters a little bit, but. At the same time, it's also a month and a half away. What do you, where, where, at this point in time, what are you thinking is going to happen when we get there? 
Yeah, so I expect by then both teams will look a little bit differently, given that the trade deadline will have come and gone. I think there will be some new faces on both teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I do anticipate that this race is going to come down to the final week. Um, I just don't see either one of these teams pulling away from the other. Um, if John Cooper decides he wants to, I, I really think that the ball is in John Cooper's court here. Um, if he decides he wants to rest some some star players, um, given their veteran experience, they don't necessarily care about home ice. They just want to be healthy and they, they know how to win. Um, if he decides to rest some of their key players, I think we will likely rest some of ours, but we will make sure we keep enough in to win those games. Um, I also could see where John Cooper would opt not to do that because the Panthers have been historically dangerous on home ice this year. Um, we're a team now that people do fear, and I don't think anyone wants to have a game seven at, at FLA live this season, given how we've played at home. So uh, I would not be shocked to see John Cooper um, run and gun all the way to the last game. Uh, it's really in his court. I'm comfortable either way. I think this Panthers team is ready to make the leap, but I, I can definitely say if, if it gets to that point and there's a game seven, I would love for that to be in sunrise. That would be, Absolutely. that would be an incredible scene. Oh, I mean, just being there for game one last year in with a 9,000 person crowd. I mean, you went to all three home games, but I only went to yeah. one and just the atmosphere there was incredible. And I hate to, I hate to make this comparison. This what the Panthers are trying to do to get home ice to defeat the champs. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of the 2014 Miami Heat where the the Indiana Pacers, Frank Vogel tries so hard to try to get the number one seed that they talk about it all season and they eventually get it. The Miami Heat win in six games. They find a way to win a, win a, win a few uh, road games. Well, I believe it was one. I don't have that memorized on the top of my head, but I kind of think of it in that situation, not in a, not in a bad way, but it's kind of a, it's kind of a tough comparison when you are, I see it. I make that comparison because this is the team trying to make that leap. And they see that this obstacle, not necessarily in their way, but this is an obstacle that they need to get through in order to get further. And Mike Kelly of NHL Network jumped on David Dwork's Odd Man Rush show and talked about the team that stands best in the Panthers' way. And he answered a question that we all knew was the answer, and it's the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I kind of see it uh, like that with the home ice advantage of trying to get it and trying to get over that hump. So and many teams have had to do that before in order to eventually become champions and I see but I mean the Indiana Pacers fell short but I kind of see that as like kind of like the same mindset. Yeah, definitely. Um anyone who knows me knows I'm a huge basketball guy, a Miami Heat fan to to my core. So I have great memories of, of those seasons but um in this case, we are the Indiana Pacers trying to find any little advantage we can to to get over the the Goliath that's been standing in our way. Um, make no mistake about it. If the Panthers do finish with with a better record, get the number one seed, we are still the underdog. Uh, we right. have not shown yet that we can beat Tampa in a playoff series. We haven't 
we haven't matched their pedigree or their playoff success in any point in our franchise's history. So we are the underdog. We are still the little brother until proven otherwise. Um, so any little advantage that that helps us get over that is is one they have to they have to shoot for. Uh, Tampa may not really be worried about us, and that might be good for the Panthers if Tampa thinks that they've just got this in the bag because they they historically have. Um, but yeah, I, you mentioned some teams that that have had to do this. The one I think about is the Washington Capitals. Um, for years, it was Pittsburgh. every year they they run into the Pittsburgh Penguins, and and that's what took them out, and that was their biggest rival, and they for for years and the majority of Ovechkin's career was just trying to get through Pittsburgh. And, and we kind of knew if they could ever get past the Penguins, they were going to win a cup. And as soon as they managed to beat the Penguins in the series, they were not stopped and they won a Stanley cup that year against Vegas. So uh, Huberto said it recently um, in a great athletic uh, article with the athletic, if we can get out of the first round, I think we can explode. That was his quote. And, and I think they got to run with that. I think if they can get past Tampa, they can get out of the first round, get past Tampa. I don't see anyone stopping them. I can't think of another sport where momentum carries you as much as hockey. Maybe baseball. Maybe baseball is like a close second when it comes to momentum. But honestly, we can debate that for hours. But hockey, I mean, think about all the number eight seeds that have made it to the Stanley Cup final in just the last decade. And just you you. I mean, when it comes to playoff odds and and translating things from the regular season to the playoffs, sometimes the top teams standing wise, they're 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 more likely in the NHL than any other sports league to be bounced out than any league. So the Panthers are going to get their best no matter who they play, and it's an excite it's exciting. I mean, we're still we're still two months away from the from the playoffs, and this is going to be a battle from here on out. The Panthers have the easiest strength of schedule according to the Tankathon. So let's see what they can do Thursday against Ottawa. Um, and I'm I'm excited for the second game after the first one didn't go so well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was there for that eight to two loss. It was not a fun building to be in. Um, that can honestly say that was probably the toughest game I've ever had to sit through. Um, my girlfriend will attest to that. <laughs> it was <laughs> not great, but um, I, I think we bounced back. Um, you kind of see, like you said, Tampa coming out of the all-star break. They've sort of switched into that playoff gear. Uh, they, they're veterans. They know they know when they need to turn it up, and now's the time. And I think the Panthers are, are learning that. So uh, with that comes taking care of the lower teams, the, the people beneath you, you got to make sure you handle your business against them. So I, I expect to see a much better effort. And, and honestly, I think a lot of the guys are pissed with the way they've played the last three games. Um, it, it hasn't been acceptable uh, living up to their standards this season. So I think we see a much different team against Ottawa. Yeah. And hopefully four days off proves it. So yeah, we, um, that's a, th- I think there's a good place to end it. My dude tomorrow on locked on Panthers, we'll be previewing, uh thursday's game against the ottawa senators what have they done since the all-star break talking about that we're going to talk about practice notes as the as the florida panthers do return to practice on wednesday after having tuesday off of practice and we're going to talk about more we're also going to break down some of the numbers that the florida panthers uh had in the month of february after comparing it to the rest of 
the the season prior to that. So so make sure to listen to the, tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Panthers. Where I will be providing that. But if you want to follow Jake on Twitter, you can follow him at Jacob Winans Eight. You can follow and you could pretty much interact with him and I talk about anything Florida Panthers related. But Jake. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on, and I will see you next Wednesday, my dude. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark will be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listener today, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Both Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Summer Mondevales with Jake Winans. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, with your team every day.